Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Thank you, JJ. And thank you to all my listeners from all over the world. Never, ever give up hope is now in over 120 countries. And what that indicates to me is no matter where we are in the world, we look for hope. Many times people just, that's all they have, is to hang on to that thread of hope and circumstances that they found themselves in that they feel completely hopeless. And yet all of my guests have been able to share their stories of when they were in that place, some worse than others, of course, and found a way to overcome that hopeless situation and not only to help themselves, but virtually each one of my guests have found a way to help other people and to give them tips and ideas and strategies and encouragement to make their life a hopeful life as well. And I'm so excited about it because every every single guest I learn from, and I know that my audience does as well, and for that I am so thankful. With me today is Millie Leong. She is an entrepreneur, a best-selling author, which I know she's going to talk about her book today, and it became a bestseller very quickly. She's also an international speaker. Her passions are in entrepreneurship, financial education, and women empowerment. Now, her mission is to be able to help individuals in their lives. And Millie helps individuals to start a business and to be able to escape the rat race. Isn't, doesn't that sound ideal? I know I'm going to be really listening to what she has to share today. Millie loves helping people live the life that they really, really want and truly love and to also become the best person that they want to be. She is here today to share her journey to success. And Millie wasn't always a successful entrepreneur. She had a time in her life, which she will share with us, when she lived under the poverty line as a young mother and wasn't really sure what to do until she had an idea that literally turned her life around. Welcome, Millie. Thank you so much, Carol, for that amazing introduction. And I love your show. Oh, thank Thank you you. for having me. 
You are so welcome, and I'm so excited to have you and can't wait to hear all the things you're going to share. Now, Millie, you were a person who played by the rules. You did what you were supposed to do to reap success in your life. You got your master's degree. You joined the corporate world and were there for over 10 years. But what you found is that you were not necessarily as happy as you wanted to be, and you felt extremely stressed. So at this point, what did you do to change that? Yeah, so thank you for that question. Um, You know, I think I'm like a lot of people growing up. I follow, you know, the traditional path of success, so-called. I was told since I was young that the, the way to do it is to go to school get good grades, get a good job, work hard, and save money. And hopefully by, you know, the age of 60 or 65, we can retire and start living our life. So I don't know if um, some of you have heard about that. I certainly have. And I followed exactly that. So I graduated from my master's degree in engineering, worked in the corporate world for more than 10 years. But what I was uh, found in my corporate world was that as I climb up the corporate ladder, um, I definitely made more money and my income was good, but I was getting more stressed out mm. and more time broke. There's just more responsibility. And after more than 10 years at my corporate job, I was in a senior position in a 54,000 employee company, one of the youngest senior manager of the company. And income was great, but I was constantly on the road on business trip four months of the year and really stressed out working all the time, at least 12 hours a day. And I'm finding after a while, I start to lose the purpose of my life. I, mm. I kind of wonder, what is it that I'm doing? I'm working like a robot. Is there more to life than just working? I start to question that. And so that was just in, in my mind, thinking about what else I could do. But being so long in the corporate world and working my employee all my life and being grown up in a traditional family with no people, no one around me who are entrepreneurs or who are, you know, had really got out of the rat race. I had no other way to or role models to follow. So I just kept doing what I was doing and hoping that that could be the way to start living a more meaningful life. But I just found that I wasn't getting anywhere. And what happened was, um, you know, uh, for some of you who are from the States, you probably remember in year 2008 to 2010, the economy changed quite drastically. In fact, um, I got hit by the economy crisis quite bad at the time. I was living in U.S. Seattle um, and um, we got a lot of things happened. In fact, I didn't know anything just before that crisis, a couple months ago, I bought my first property in Seattle. And I was so proud because I saved up all my down payment, many, many years working in the corporate life to come up with that down payment. And I bought, I bought my first home without any help, financial help from my parents or from my friends. I was really proud. But what happened was just six months after I bought my first property, the economic changed and my property that I was so one so proud of became underwater. I constantly lost more than half of the value of the property. Um, my mortgage is more than worth the, the house, how much the house was worth. And I also lost a lot of money in my mutual funds portfolio. In fact, more than 60% of it. So overnight, almost seems that way, I found that I just work for free 
for many years. <laughs> Now, were you married at this time? I was. Um, I was just getting married. It, it was arranging my marriage. Um, my husband, uh, my boyfriend at the time, proposed. We're just getting married, and um, yeah, so it was just a new life for me. Um, that was before my first child was born, and after we got married, um, after that we have our first child, and the situation didn't really change. And my husband is in the line of architecture. So at the time, he's, he owned his own business in the architecture field. And because of poor economy, no one was buying houses in the United States at the time, at least people who can, you know, the middle class. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So the economy was really bad. My husband's project got canceled one by one. It was just not a good situation to be in. Um, yeah. And how did you, how were you handling that emotionally? It was a really, really tough time. And um Especially after that, um, my first child was born, and because time for us is so precious, we really want to have one of us seeing our child grow up. So I quit my job. It was a tough decision, but we still have savings. So I quit my job to look after my child um, because our child, we feel that she's more important. And my husband keep working on his um, business, and it was very, very stressful. People often tell me that you know money is not everything, and I know that money is not everything. But now I can also prove to you that without money, there are many, many constraints in life. That's true. So it's very true. And um, my husband and I always have a very, very good and supportive relationship. But even at that time, because financially we were so stressed, mm. we were constantly, constantly argue, arguing because of financial. So I know for a fact that you know. Money is not the most important thing, but definitely money you cannot do without. That's a good point, and you know I think it's one of the top three, if not the top reason, why marriages fail, is uh, the arguing over finances. And yes, it may, may not may not be even anyone's fault. Like you said, your own circumstances were a result of the economic turndown, but nonetheless, you caught in the middle of it, and when you're stressed. What do you do? You take it out on those you love, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, at the time, my my little girl was just a few months old. Is is you know any new parent, you just adapting to a new role, and then the financial crisis and all the stress at home. My husband's career is not going well. It just seems like everything's falling apart. And at the time, our uh, we have little savings left already. The annual income, we are, my husband's income is below the property line of the U.S., so we're under a lot of stress at the time. And so, what did you decide to do? Now, your husband was an architect, he, and he literally had to start over and become an employee rather than an employer. And right. you, you relocated to a foreign country. So, talk to us a little bit about that and how what that entailed and how uh, you handled that situation. Yeah. So towards the end of year 2010, um, with our newborn baby and my husband's architecture jobs, um, our business is not doing well. Um, it was really, really an incident. And sometimes now that I look back, we really just have to have faith when we move forward because dots only connect when you look backwards. Now, looking backwards, him looking for a new job opportunity in Singapore to start over again, now today turn out to be one of the best decisions ever in our life. And I'll go into that later, uh, into why that is. Okay. But at the time, we were really stressful. We were really stressed out. And with not much opportunities around in the U.S. at the time, just a random connection my husband had with an old friend of his in Singapore over Skype, his friend said, 
say, hey, why don't you come and check out Singapore? I mean, he's, he, this is his uh, little buddy from um, his architecture school back in college. Oh, and he really? said, hey, why don't you come over? Yeah, sometimes it's, things happen like that. That's he right. said, why don't you come over in Singapore and check it out? And my husband, yeah, okay, why not? So he bought a ticket. We were actually at the time um, bringing our new baby to visit the grandparents in Taiwan. So we were already in Asia. We were actually just about the next day fly back to the United States, fly back to Seattle. But because the friend called him, he decided to postpone his trip back to the U.S. and bought a ticket to go check out Singapore for just three days. So in just three days, um, he was able to line up a couple of job interviews and he got two job offers right on the spot. Oh, my word. Yeah. So, I mean, with that situation in Singapore and with that situation in the U.S., that was a no-brainer. So he decided <laughs> to take the offer and um, just within about three weeks or so, he moved. So he literally just had two suitcases with him and moved all the way across from the U.S. to Singapore. And, you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't completely supporting that decision at the time. Because before that, I have worked um, a couple of years in Hong Kong. And I know that the work situation in Asia sometimes can be really harsh. And um, I remember when I was working in Hong Kong, I literally, literally worked Monday to Friday, 8.30 in the morning, a.m., all the way until about 10 p.m. at night from Monday to Friday. And I work every other Saturday. So it's really, really long hours. So when he told me he wanted to move to Singapore, um, and my husband has never worked in Asia before, I told him, you know, to really <laughs> consider it. But he told me that this is his dream. He wants to be able to work on bigger projects, bigger scale projects, and Asia is fast growing. So he wanted to take the opportunity and just give it a try in, in, in Singapore. So I gave him his full support. So a couple of weeks after he accepted that job offer, there he went, just two suitcases, he left. And I waited until he settled down in Singapore. So my daughter and I waited in, uh, in the U.S. by ourselves. And later on, a couple months later, in the summer of 2011, we also took, you know, two, two suitcases and I took my little baby girl and there we went to a new country. We never lived there before. No, no uh, relatives in Singapore. We only knew a few people. So there we were. Were you scared? Very, very scared. <laughs> very, very scared. <laughs> and you had no idea of the success that you were going to realize by making that move, did you? I have no idea. All I had in my mind was, what am I going to do um, in this new country that I don't know anybody, that I have not much money, I have a baby girl with me, what am I going to do? So, but, you know, as I said earlier, dots only connect when you look backwards. And moving to Singapore turned out to be one of the best decisions ever because just about two weeks after moving to Singapore, um, I, I, I stumbled across an idea that helped me to start my first business. And this is the business that I've started um, with very little money and with a little baby girl. And I was just so excited of the opportunity. So it's, it's really, really a random opportunity that I came across, an idea that I came across, and I decided to give it a try. I was still very, you know, worried, and I have a lot of fear because as a first-time entrepreneur, no prior business experience, I don't know anybody, I'm in a new country with baby girl, and my husband was on business trip quite a lot at the time to China. 
So I was all alone in Singapore with new new land and trying to start a business. So, but I decided that that would be the way I want to do it because I have tried the corporate path. I've done more than ten years of my life in corporate world, and I wasn't getting what I wanted. I was stressed out. I was time broke, and I knew that I want to make a change. So I decided to just go ahead and start my business from home. Can you share a little bit of that idea with us, or is that something you want to share later when you talk about starting a business? Yeah, sure, no problem.、Um, I think I get. I'll, I'll talk just a little bit of it, and then we can go more into it. Okay. A little later, when I talk about some of the criteria, when I personally start a business, what I looked into, I call、right. it the eight, eight P's of starting a new business. Um, so, but my business in, is in the travel industry, which I already love to travel and see the world. So, this is something that I'm really passionate about, and that I think is perfect way to start my business. And so, that's what you, you but you had a unique idea, you said, right? Yes. With, yes. Within within that uh, uh, venue. Okay. Yeah, just two weeks after going to Singapore, I stumbled across an idea, and this is an idea that I I I I can help people. To travel more, to experience more, and save money. At the same time, perhaps they could also create an income when they go travel the world. Oh, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so I love the idea of that. I'm like, oh wow! If people just catch on that vision, I know that this is gonna work. Because I know that people already want to go see the world, create amazing memories with the family and loved ones. If there's a way for them to get paid to create an extra income, financial plan B for them. Why not? So I just really, really passionate about that vision, and I keep sharing the idea, you know, to people around me, people that I know. So the business start to expand.、Mm. Now, what、yeah. were some, what were some of the obstacles that you had to face when you made this decision? Lots of obstacles.、Um, you know, when I first started, I had no idea. I literally had not done any business before. I was an employee all my life. Um, so I didn't know how to run a business, and I have nobody that I knew in Singapore. Literally, I was new there. I was just there for two weeks. My phone—I was still using a temporary phone card. There are no phone numbers in there, so I don't know who else I could go ask for advice. Who else I could go, you know, network with? I don't know anything about anything. My little girl was just about a year old at the time. We're new in the country. There are no relatives to help me to take care of my、uh, little girl. My husband was on the road about four days or five days a week to China to help the his、um, his company, his architecture firm, to start up a new business, a new market in China. So I was all alone. So I had a lot of fear,、um, but I guess my desire to succeed, my desire. To change our lives is bigger than my fear, so I just keep moving forward. Say that I, again, Millie. Yeah, my desire for changing our lives is bigger than the fear that I have. So I was willing to do what I have to do to move forward because at the time I knew that I only have two choices: either I give up or I give all I can. So I decided not to give up and just give it all I can. <laughs> and so you did. I did. So I tried all kinds of things. You know, in the last couple of years, entrepreneurship had totally transformed our lives. I mean, not just the result from the business, but we're able to help many people around the world. Definitely transformed my family's life、um, in just five years. I mean, just in twenty six months after I started the business, my business 
expanded internationally. Um, my husband and my family and I became financially free. And now five years into the business, my business annual income uh, turnover, annual turnover is more than 10 million US dollars just for my laptop and my phone. So it's very, oh, that's very amazing. It's amazing. It's crazy when I think about it. And I started this business with just, you know, a couple hundred dollars because I didn't have a lot of money in my hands. I just have a laptop. I just have an idea. And I started it that way and I built it, you know, and built it and built it. I put in time and effort. Um, and now I get to spend time with my children. We have traveled the world. I've been on 50, more than 50 vacations in the last five years because I purposely built my business based on my passion of traveling. <laughs> So now we've been on more than 50 vacations. I've been all around Asia. We've been to um, Australia. We've been to the U.S. and Canada, all kinds of things. And I was able to retire my husband from his architecture job last year. That's and awesome. so happy. So a lot of people ask us, you know, now that you retire, what do you do? I always tell people it's not about what you do because the, the main difference of being financially free is that now you have choices. And my husband um, actually went back to pursue his childhood dreams. He's always wanted to just make music. And when he was a child, his dad told him that, you know, you can't make music because musicians don't make a lot of money. So he, his dad, being a doctor, his dad was a doctor, asked him to pick, pick between being a doctor, a lawyer, or an architect. So my husband ended up being an architect. And now that he doesn't have to make an income based on architecture, he can go back to pursue his dreams. So being financially free for me is more options. Is to You get to choose what you want to do with, with who you want to do with, spend time with who you want and do what you want. So that gives us the freedom. So we are so grateful. Now you're very busy, obviously, and you do a lot of traveling. Is, do you not find that this is stressful or how is that different than when you were per se in the corporate world and was doing the same thing? That's a really, really good question. And I, I found it, it's totally different because I know where my heart sits. I'm so passionate in what I'm doing today in my business. I love traveling on my own terms, okay. <laughs> not like in a business world. Cause I know when I was traveling on business, um, a lot of times business trips, you go to one place, you have a meeting and then you finish, you cram all your meetings in like three days or four days and you fly back. So of all the years that I travel on my business trip, I almost never really see the city. I was just between airport and the hotel. And mm. sometimes I have so many of them that I don't remember where I was in the middle <laughs> of the night when I woke up because all the hotels look about the same. So, <laughs> so it was really, really confusing that way. But now today I travel on my own terms and I get to go really go experience places that I never, ever thought possible. And so the travel is totally different. And I, I travel now for two reasons. Part of it is to really world school my children um, because we love seeing the world and we want to raise our children in a way that they have a more global perspective. So we were at school, our children, we bring them around the world. My two little girls, three years old and six years old, Angelina and Alicia, they they have so many little stems on their passport. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the other reason now I travel around the world is um, now nowadays I get to be invited to speak on stages um, all around Asia and Australia, and I'm going to be in South Africa this February to just really um, share my journey of hope and change and my entrepreneur journey 
and really um, to help people to change their lives. So I'm very blessed. I feel very, very fulfilled. And I feel um, this is just what I want to do. This is my passion. So Millie, when you share uh, on the stage, do you go through the eight Ps that you'd mentioned earlier or, or do you have a different thrust? So it depends on what that particular audience is. And I would tailor the talk in about it. So sometimes I talk about uh, the mindset of entrepreneurs, how to start up a business, or some of the ideas I have. Also, the eight P's of um, building a business, which, you know, for me, um, the eight P's, what I call the eight P's of starting a business is the eight consideration that I have when I started my business, because I believe it's important to begin with the end in mind. So if you want to create a certain lifestyle, you want to create a certain end result, you need to figure out what that end result is and then kind of work backwards to know how you want to start. So that's why when I start my business and I also teach people when they start the business, have the consideration, have that mindset of figuring out what you want in terms of your lifestyle um, for your business. That's excellent. And now, are you going to share the eight P's with us? Yes, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so the eight P's of starting a business, in Millie's word, is this. So these obviously start all with the letter P. That's why I call them the eight P's. The first P is passion. Passion. Amen. So Yeah, amen, right, Carol? You would love that. Passion. So for me... Passion is really important. We all know that if you don't love what you do, it's hard to succeed. And every entrepreneur, every successful business owner know that. And passion means really what you already love and want to do and what excites you. Because you need to have that excitement. Every morning you want to wake up feeling that you are moving towards your goals and dreams. So for me, that's really important. And today, if you have no idea what your passions are, just ask yourself three simple questions to figure out what your passions are. The first question you could ask is, what do you want to do if time and money are not an issue? See, if you, time and money is not an mm-hmm. issue, what would you love to do? That would be one way to find your passion. And that's an, the second way is, what brings you joy? What brings you joy? And number three is, what would you do if you knew that you could not fail? What would you do if you know that you could not fail? So just ask yourself these three questions and really, really think about it. Because I truly believe if you know your passion, you can do really well in your business. And I believe that you can build a business out of anything. If you love gardening, there's a way you can build your business out of gardening. Definitely. Just like you did with travel. Exactly. So, you know, you know, five years ago when I started my business, I asked myself what my passions are. And I come up with a list of, you know, traveling the world, experiencing cool things, new experiences. I want to spend time and create memories with my loved ones. I love personal development. I want to be able to help people. So that was kind of what I wrote down. And I brainstorm from what these ideas are and start, you know, figuring out what I want to do. So that was number one. The first okay. Key. Now, the second one is purpose, purpose, purpose. So what drives you? What are the reasons for starting a business? Now, in my opinion, making money should never be the only reason for starting a business. Now, granted, as we all know, it's really, really important. It's critical for any business to make money. But I believe there should be more to a business than just making money. Ideally, if the business could serve a purpose in life, <laughs> just 
add value to the people that you want to add value to, like your target audience, and make a difference to this world. So I know that every business, you know, especially during the startup phase, is difficult. You have to put in time and effort. So if you can figure out your passion and you figure out your purpose, that's going to make a huge difference because people are driven by the deep sense of purpose and commitment to making a difference in this world, and that could be your biggest driver in moving forward. So the number two, again, the second P is purpose. Now、okay. the third P is paradise. I call it paradise. It's actually your lifestyle. Your lifestyle. It's the ultimate lifestyle that you want. Now, I ask that because, like I said earlier, have the end in mind. Just imagine what you want, the kind of lifestyle that you want. Imagine that because. Ultimately, you want to build your business based on the lifestyle that you want. For me, my business, I knew that I want flexibility on location. I knew that I have lived in many different countries around the world, and so I know that I don't know for sure where I'm going to be in a couple of years later on. So it's important for me that my business is pretty mobile. I can build it on my laptop、uh-huh. and my phone with an internet connection. I can work anywhere, whether whether it's when my children are at home around me, or a coffee shop in a meeting room, or on a beach with my pina colada. I love that. <laughs> So I want a flexibility, and I also knew that because I'm a busy mom with two little girls, I want to have flexible timing.、Mm-hmm. So I get to choose what I want to do and when I can do it. So for me, this is kind of the lifestyle, and、um, so I built into it what I want to do. So that's the third P, paradise. Number four is part time. Now, so a lot of question, a lot of people will ask this question: Should I just quit my job now and go into full time building my business? And I always get asked this question when I go around and travel the world, and people ask this. And my answer is: It depends on your situation. It could be yes or no. There are certainly advantages and disadvantages to each answer. You know, I know that a lot of people might use the job. As an excuse, that is, you know, as long as they have a full time job, they 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 will have the excuse of not being able to put in the time and money, or the time and the energy and the effort into the business. This may be true, but I also believe that they might just be too comfortable, too comfortable. Sometimes people don't move ahead in life because good is the enemy of great. <laughs> and being a little uncomfortable sometimes it's good. Like how I was a couple of years ago, I was really uncomfortable, and that, in a way, pushed us to really just you know reach out and just do things that we never thought possible. So be a little uncomfortable. And sometimes people in a job they could be too comfortable, and、um, they just lose that burning desire to succeed. But at the same time, I also know people who you know quit the job and started the the business. They literally burn the bridges, so there's no choice but to succeed, and that is exactly the reason why many of them have succeeded. Now, is this like changing your goals periodically, like when you achieve one goal to set a new one? Yeah, that's a great question. In fact, my goals and my dreams have expanded. Since five years ago, when I first got started, I remember the first time I sat down and I wrote down my goals and dreams. At the time, I just wanted to, you know, create enough income, passive income, to replace my income. That was my only goals at the time. But as I fulfilled that, I found that I have bigger and bigger goals and、mm-hmm. bigger and bigger dreams. And now my dreams are much, much bigger than five years ago. And、uh, 
I'm really, really uh, thankful for this amazing journey. It's not just a journey about um, the income. It's not just a journey about um, making an impact, but also a, a journey of personal growth. So yes, um, to everyone who's listening here, you know, start somewhere right on your goals and your dreams. But as you progress and you and you move along on your personal development and move along on your entrepreneurial journey, your goals and dreams are going to become bigger and you're going to make a bigger impact in this world. Very well put. So we were um, going back on the point. Yeah, do start your business part time. Um, if you are already in a full-time job, but I urge you, even if you start part-time, it's important to have a full-time mentality. When you're putting in the time, put in all you can and really, really focus on your business if you're starting that. And also on a side note, I believe that get-rich-quick scheme don't work. To build a real business, you really have to put in time and effort. There's really no shortcut to it. And make it at least, you know, a three-year plan, I think, and just put in massive action. And you'll start to see the fruits of your labor. That was number three. Oh, oh no, that was number, number four. Number four, right. Yes. Number five, the P is partners and mentors. I believe, you know, to get the results that you want, it's important to find mentors and partners in your life who can guide you along. And especially, um, it's particularly important who you're listening your advice from. Yes. Very, very, very important. Sometimes, especially first-time entrepreneur, we tend to listen to people who may not necessarily have the result yet. No, but I ask, I'll often ask um, people, like, if you've never fly an airplane and you want to become a pilot, would you go ask somebody who's never flown a plane before? You wouldn't, right? <laughs> and if you want to become a very successful investor in real estate, would you ask somebody who's broke and has never invested in real estate before? The answer is no, right? So why would you go ask somebody who's not have the success that you want when you, when you come to starting your own business? So advice is important, but it's more important to, to get the right advice from people who have got what you want, who have got the result that you want. That's critical. Very, very important. I also think that you have to be challenged and you have to have people around you that will do that. Um, there are a lot of people that are uh, and encouraging, but don't you believe that you also have to have people around you that will challenge you and want you to accomplish more even than what you maybe think is possible? Yes, absolutely. Because I always think that if you find that you're the smartest person in the room, <laughs> you, <laughs> you need to start moving to another room. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so that, you want to keep challenge, learning. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. You want to keep learning and to surround people who are smarter than you so you can learn, constantly be learning. One thing about entrepreneurship really, and in general, I think that applies in life, is we have to, we have to just keep learning and keep growing ourselves. Because if we're not growing, we are dying. That's right. So it's important to keep growing in our lives. That's so right. So personal development is very, very important. Okay. Now, number six in terms of the eight P's of starting a business, is potential. Potential. I mean, if we're going to put in effort and time to build a business, why not look into a market that is big, that is uptrend, that has a global reach, that has limitless expansion potential? So personally, for me, especially in this day and age, I think leveraging on technology and a network 
to expand internationally is a great idea. Um, it gives us flexibility and also you can expand your customers' reach just by video, by Facebook, by LinkedIn, by mm -hmm. Skype call, by friends referral, just like how you're listening to me today. And Carol has been doing an amazing job reaching out to global audience around the world just through the internet. So it's very, very important to look at the potential of a business when you start. Okay. Yeah. So number seven mm -hmm. is profits. Profits. So when I started my business, I didn't have a lot of money. I wanted something that I could start with the capital that I can afford. And I want to turn into a profit as soon as possible. So when you start a business, look into how much the total startup costs, what are the risks, what's the worst case scenario, what is the potential profit, do your calculations and manage your risk. Um, ideally, if you can turn in a profit as soon as you can, that's ideal, right? I know that some people start traditional business, they may have a storefront. It sometimes takes months years even to just break even and that is for you to consider everybody will have a different risk tolerance mm -hmm. but for me it's important to really just have that uh, mindset just be just be you know mindful about that when we start a business so that's number seven okay now number eight is one of my favorite as well number <laughs> eight is passive income passive income now for those who might not know the definition of that passive meaning that you're doing little or no work mm -hmm. and the income comes in a lot of people when they hear passive income it's sort of like um if you have an investment property the income right. the rental income that comes in or maybe you put money in the bank and you collect interest although right now <laughs> you're yes. really not collecting a lot of interest in fact in some banks around the world when you put money in the bank you get charged because there's negative interest so <laughs> That's not the best way to get a passive income. But for me, um, building a business is one of the ways you can actually build a passive income. So granted that you still have to do, do work, work, do the work upfront. But if you build it right, building a system, uh, leveraging on technology or having a team, you could build a, a business and that could turn potentially become a passive income for you one day. So I love businesses that could help me to leverage on either system or team or technology that can turn passive for me. So these are the criteria for me personally, the eight P's of starting a business when I did in August 2011 and that totally transformed our lives. Now, do you feel that with using these eight P's, it mostly would be with a self uh, proprietorship, like an entrepreneurship, or um, would you involve other people? You could do it both ways um, because partners, um, point number five, partners and mentors, you could also find people who have the same vision as you to start the business. And I encourage that because um, that if you have the right partner, um, they can bring in different skill sets, different mindsets. You could, um, you might be good at certain things and they may be good at other things. So having partnerships definitely give you more strength and give you the leverage but it's important really important to find the right partner who shares the same vision as you as you start a business like-mindedness yes yes very so important tell us about your book and do you share all of this in your book or is your book basically your story or is it self-help tell us about it 
Yes, thank you for that question.、Uh, my book is all the above. <laughs> so my book name is Mind and Money Makeover: How to Transform Your Life in Three Years or Less and Live Your Dreams. Mind and Money Makeover: How to Transform Your Life in Three Years or Less and Live Your Dreams. So it shares my journey, my own entrepreneurship, the challenges that I faced, the obstacles, the setbacks、um, that I personally faced, and also the lessons. That I've learned throughout my entrepreneurship, and、um, I also outlined the five step, the proven system, the five step that I've used to transform my life and my business and take us, take me to my dreams. So、um, the eight P's of starting a business is in there, along with many, many other tips that I've shared in my book that I've learned throughout my journey. So also for this book.、Um, Fifty percent of all the net proceeds from the book、um, will be used to support educational educational programs and children in need because I believe in giving back and I believe in making a difference in this world. So hopefully, one book at a time, we can make a difference to this world together. Is this what you're referring to regarding the less fortunate children that you are helping? Is that your is that your goal with the with the sales of your book, or you referring yes, to something so- else? Carol, you asked a question earlier.、Um, are we going to expand our dreams and goals as we move along our life? And that's one of the things I figured out. You know, as I move along and having some success, my dreams and goals become bigger. And now today, my goals is not just about myself. In fact, I want to help more、uh, children around the world.、Um, so one of the things I've been I started doing since last year is that.、Um, Um, through my book and through my business, the profit from my business and the profit from my book, I take a percentage of that and donate to certain、um, nonprofit organization. In fact, last year alone, I was able to build two schools in Guatemala to help more children have a chance for education. That's amazing. So- Uh, yeah, thank you so much. And I just launched my new book in July on Amazon.com. So for those of you who want to get a copy, definitely can go to Amazon.com. Just search for Mind and Money Makeover, or come to my website, Millilam.com. And、um, the profits, um, um, more than fifty percent, a hundred percent of net profit from this book goes to a charity, which I've donated. Already fifty thousand Hong Kong dollar to a charity last month.、Um, they also help to support orphanages and、um, children around Southeast Asia. So definitely, together we can help more around the world. Well, you're just like a tornado, aren't you? <laughs> I just go- want to do what I can. <laughs> you're a going concern, and there's no stopping you. Once you start, I can see you're just going to keep going until you accomplish what you set your mind to do, and that's what you're trying to promote. That's what you're suggesting to people is they get that mindset and they don't let any obstacles or anything come in their way. And、exactly. I applaud you for that. So,、um, what would you like to give the audience as a call to action of what you would like to see them do? Yes,、um, I always say that. Let me summarize it in one sentence. If I have to summarize it, it's dream big, start small, and act now. There's really no better time than now. Now. Is a present for you, and and there's no better time to start now. Just start dreaming big, starting small, and go for your dreams. So do it. Just go for it. So give it. Give us that sentence again. Dream big. Dream big. Start small. Act now. 
Very good. Do you have an offer available for our audience today? Absolutely. For everybody who's listening right now, um, go to my website, www.millieliang.com. Um, you can download a free digital book of mine called Lifestyle Entrepreneur. Escape the rat race, work anywhere, and live a life you truly love. It's valued at $27, and you can get it for free today when you go to my website. So do go, do go there, connect with me, and also do check out my Facebook on um, facebook.com slash fly.with.millie. So where I, I share daily doses of financial or entrepreneur tips and motivations on my Facebook every single day. Millie, you are so encouraging and I just love your excitement, your attitude, your um, your desire to help people. It's you're just it's all wrapped into one big bundle that of joy and that's what the show is all about of hope of change of looking to a better future all those things you touched on and I appreciate your energy and all the tips that you gave and I know that your book and uh, your website are going to help even more people as a result and for that I thank you so much it has been such a pleasure to have you today Thank you so much, Carol. It's really my honor. And I can't wait to just, you know, get the message out there and just help more people. Thank you so much for this opportunity. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.